This is Stick to Sports Podcast with Noah and Logan. Welcome to the Six Sports Podcast, the podcast where our opinions are the only ones that matter. It's Noah. It's Logan. Logan, how are you doing today? Doing great. Are you um fine Mon- no, Monday evening? You've been recording on Tuesday for the last couple of um. We're back to the right schedule. I mean, at least we've been putting it out. Like honestly, there was points where we forgot to put it out, but you know, back to ske- episode fifty-three, back on schedule. And we're going to start with um, Julian Edelman, our favorite wide receiver, has finally officially retired from the NFL. Really? Uh, yeah, after being cut by the Patriots today. Really? This is ex- this is exciting news that I've just now found out. And I love how it's um, opened up the bottle of, is Julian Edelman a Hall of Famer? Oh, my God. So it's, again, do you know he's never made a Pro Bowl? To which I reply, hell no. I mean, you're correct in hell no because he's not a Hall of Famer. He's, I wouldn't even put him in like the Hall of Really Good. Because I wouldn't even. He's never been a Pro Bowler. Is that what you just said? Never been a Pro Bowler. No, he would be in the Hall of Average. He's probably the most average looking. Um, no, nah, he's he's pretty good looking in my opinion. Yeah, he's got the nice hair. He has the nice hair. Like honestly, his hair is pretty nice. He's probably in the Hall of Made Really Good Plays for... Hall of Greatest Catches in Super Bowl History. He can be in that hall, and that's it. Hall of... If I was making, like, a only playoff team, I'd put him in the hall. Yes. But I'd also put Eli Manning in that hall. I would also put Larry Fitzgerald in that hall. Larry Fitzgerald's a Hall of Famer, though. I mean, yeah. I would also put... We need to we need to address maybe on Bell, but no. I was um talking to I was talking to one of our associates, um, Byron, and I was saying that um, right. you know, summer we're gonna be, I feel like as stuff is dying down and the only sport on is baseball, you know. Like and uh, up until the Olympics, obviously, I said we're gonna have like a lot of time in which we're um we're just doing like fun type lists. Lists, you know we love lists. You know, lists are the thing we love the most. Do we? We like speculation. That and speculation. I was about to say. Um, Also, you know, I was thinking about an actual timeline for um, potential merch. Let's just say the potential timeline isn't that, isn't that long. Really? Really? Like in all honesty, real? Like realistically, no. Um, We would would have some paying customers. I feel we would have some paying customers and some banging merch too. You know, of course. You know, I'm excited for that quarter zip. I'm excited for that wake me up when September ends t-shirt. Hey. Or you know, just so if Wait, could, we would be we would be sued for that. That's copyrighted. Wake me up when September ends. Oh yeah, that is. Is that a song? Yeah, I feel like what we should do is just put Ryan Fitzpatrick's face on a t-shirt and just put Mr. September. And it would just and maybe mid-October. And maybe mid-October. And on the back. On the back. Maybe mid-October, you know? Um, but let's actually start. Um, in the NBA, which is something we never do. We talked about the Warriors last week in great length, which more than we usually do. And just like that, their season has unraveled even more. Um, James Wiseman, they just lost to a torn meniscus. He was averaging 11.5 points, 5.8 rebounds on 51% shooting. His season is essentially over. Well, what's the reaction to the James Wiseman injury, especially considering that 
the Warriors need all the help they can get. Even though James Wiseman was a net negative on the court, he was another body and he was another person to maybe alleviate Stephen Curry's um, workload. What What do you think about the injury? I mean, first of all, it sucks. It sucks to see a young player get hurt and then they're going to have to come back and will they be the same? Um, yeah, you're right. He was not really playing the greatest. Uh, I remember last week we talked about how Steve, how Steve Kerr like pulled him a lot and wouldn't let him get into a rhythm. Didn't um, really know how to use him. Yeah, didn't yeah the pick and roll you talked about last week. He, d- he didn't really utilize that very well. Uh, so obviously it's a big. It, it hurts to lose him, especially since he's a young. You were hoping he's a young piece to keep that franchise relevant. Um, they are they are struggling though, and I feel like it's just kind of just Steph chilling by himself and another a bunch of guys around him now. And you know the thing is too like. I feel like, well, who else on that team, you know, and I feel like we keep forgetting that um, we keep forgetting that they have Andrew Wiggins and Kelly Uber. But like, is Kelly Uber even playing the greatest? No, they, they've been right now. I think the Warriors are the 25 and 28. Um, they're hovering around like the 10th seed, I believe in the West. I believe so. Stephen Curry's doing all that he can, but in all honesty, it's not looking good for him. I remember when I was, when I did my mock draft for overtime conversations, I literally said the pick and roll possibilities with James Wiseman and Stephen Curry are going to be great and nothing. Draymond Green has literally become, he's great. Like in terms of a player, he's great. He's become unplayable on offense because he literally has, he just doesn't, he doesn't do anything for um for their offense. I listening to the Hardwood Knox podcast last week. I remember Adam Frommel said, like, literally, how hard is it to score 10 points a game in the NBA? Especially someone who plays as much as Draymond. It's not hard. Their best, the lineup that Wiseman He's was playing in. Playing 30 minutes a night. Yeah, exactly. He's only scoring six points. In terms of lineups that have over 50 minutes of playing time this season. Um, Curry Green, Stephen Curry, Jamal Green, Kelly Oubre, Andrew Wiggins, and James Wiseman is their worst lineup. It's a negative 12.9 net efficiency. It's their worst lineup, and their best lineups do not include Wiseman. So to them losing him is not bad in terms of their efficiency, but he they really need another body. And it feels like if I had to say, Logan, that the Steph, the Warriors won't win another championship for the rest of Steph's career. Would you believe me? I wouldn't call you crazy. I, again, like, you say Draymond has dramatic fall off a cliff. Uh, Clay Thompson comes back. But how? When was the last? I I can't remember the last time Clay has played. What was it, two years ago? 2019 NBA Finals. So is Clay the same player? Well, you know, you would think he was the same player coming off the ACL injury that he suffered in that um, in that series. And then next thing you know, before last season, he tore his Achilles. So you're coming off of Achilles and an ACL tear in the same leg. Right. And you, of all people, are probably the one person that hates Achilles injuries. You always say that people coming off Achilles injuries are probably going to be terrible. Um, Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant. He was terrible, who was good off the Achilles injury, but also he's missed a lot of time too with a hamstring issue. I, I'm not gonna, 
I would probably agree with you. I say it's kind of hard to see them winning another championship with Curry on this roster, especially since your second best player is Andrew Wiggins. And I don't even think and, that's not that's not good to have. That's not good. Andrew Wiggins should be like your fourth best player. Andrew Wiggins is one of the people that your people are going to forget about him. That was a number one draft pick at, at one point. Um, and obviously by the Timberwolves and we'll get to the Timberwolves later, but it's so sad to see a player of his, not of his stature, but somebody who had so much like potential or upside and think about that contract that he's playing on, you know, he's now going to obviously just fizzle out into just like NBA non-relevancy. Right. Because I don't think he's going to remain on the Warriors longer. I don't think Kelly Oubre really. And I, I'm so mad for praising the Kelly Oubre signing. because it's so It's just a shame, though, because I'm pretty, if I remember correctly, he played really well for the Suns. Like He, he, he was he, a really good thing for the Suns. And obviously, Mikael Bridges has probably taken that um, mantle now. But, like, it's just bad, like, for the Warriors. Yeah, it's, it's really hard to see. Because if they can't figure out how to use James Wiseman properly, it's really hard to see like who is the future of this team uh, other than Steph. And Steph's not. I'm not gonna say he's old, but he's 32. He's, he's getting. But I feel like Steph can play for a bit because he oh, relies on shooting mostly, and you don't have to be um, young to. If you're a good shooter, you're, you should be able to last. But other than that, who is the future of this team? It's and it's so weird because a lot of people say that. Um, they're they're gonna move Wiseman or something like that, and I don't agree with that only because they could have moved the number two pick and they didn't. So if you pick Wiseman, you obviously what did they need in that draft? They needed a big man. They went and got the best big man available. I still don't think there's a lot of big men right now in this draft class that were that's that are better than him. But at the same time, like they, I think honestly they just did not know how to utilize him. And no, and- it's so sad to see that. But let's move on to a big man that knows how to be utilized, and it's Cantor. And, you know, it's first off, today starts Ramadan, the official Muslim, the, the Muslim month where they fast, right? And for me, as a Blazers fan, Ennis Cantor playing during Ramadan has been great. If you think about the playoff run that they made two years ago, where Ennis Cantor was just... So good for the Blazers in their run to the Western Conference Finals, surviving on only one meal a day. Ennis Cantor had a 24-point and 30-game, 30-rebound game against the Detroit Pistons a couple nights ago, which is the most rebounds in Blazers history, right? So congrats to Ennis Cantor. Um, When they brought him back, I was very happy because I I like Ennis Cantor for the Blazers. Um, He's averaging 12.8 points and 13.5 rebounds in his last 11 games he's been a good rebounder but here's the thing the Blazers all season have had a win close lose bad type mentality you know um they went 11 and 4 in March but right now they're 2 and 4 in April okay Logan what do you think this team's record against I'm gonna say they've played as of today they've played 23 games Right, with teams against with teams with winning records. What do you think their record is? How many wins do you think they have against those teams with win, winning records? Twenty three. Say like five or six. They have eight. They're eight and fifteen against teams over five hundred. They're also sixteen and fourteen 
against Western Conference teams. This is a problem considering they play in the Western Conference. Yeah. They're hovering around the like the seventh, eighth seed mark. Um, they would be like fourth or fifth in the East if they were in the East. But this is not, I feel like the Blazers, and I, I woke I woke up, I tweeted this out today. I think they have a two-year title window at most. It's certainly not going to be this season, but it has to be next season. Yeah, it's going to be hard for them to win a title, I think. Right, because the West is getting better. Yeah, Uh, and they don't have a lot of money. No. And they seem to catch the injury bug every season. Oh, for sure. That's that's, that's their thing. And I feel like the Blazers have gone on a constant run of just overachieving for the last, what, since LaMarcus Aldridge left, so that was like what 2016 free agency. I mean, so, it's an overachieving. I feel like the Western Conference final year was a bit overachieving. No one expected that at all. So I say with that would be overachieving, but I'm not gonna discount what Damian Lillard did. I'm not di- no, I'm not discounting what Damian Lillard did, but the fact that they had to be, they've been carried by Damian Lillard and and um and CJ McCollum for the last couple of years, they haven't had that clear number. They've never had a clear number three or a viable number three. The best. If Nurk, if Nurk stayed healthy, I, I would imagine he could be a good number three, but he always, he's always banged up. I don't think we, there's a situation where Nurk is the best. There's a number three on this team. I don't think that's ever going to happen. I feel like they need a deal Nurk. And I love Nurk. And you know, I love uh, Nurk. I was, I remember when he was traded. It was the Mason Plumley trade. Oh, it was the best trade in history. Like, what a fleece. With the Nuggets, and then thus started a rivalry with the Nuggets. And the thing is, the Nuggets are not the Nuggets that we, we've beaten before. This is a good Nuggets team, and we'll get to them later too. I think the Blazers, they got Norman Powell, which is a good – I actually kind of like the move. We'll talk about it later as well, right? Yeah. They – the Blazers need to do something quick. I, but I can't start buying into the Damon Lillard needs to get out of this market. No, I can't start buying into that. But never. Is there a scenario in the next two three seasons where either CJ McCollum or Yusuf Nurkic gets dealt? That's probably gonna happen at some point. There is no scenario where Damian Lillard leaves them. I don't think will ever leave, but I agree. CJ McCollum or Nurk is probably going to have to leave if they want to continue to contend and keep Damian Lillard there. Uh, both of their contracts are massive-ish. I feel like CJ's is huge. CJ's and but and, and Damian Lillard at the end of this contract is going to be making fifty million a year. So I'm not. He's I think his contract extension kicks in next year. I feel but, like. DJ McCollum, see, I feel like they would have been a better team. Damian Lillard has been carrying this team a lot. CJ McCollum made gigantic strides. In all honesty, I think the problem relies in the front court because they're never healthy. Zach Collins has never been consistently on the court. Nurk has since 2018, has had multiple injuries. Uh, Ennis Cantor has been here, was here this year, but wasn't here last year. We had Hassan Whiteside, who was okay. Um, yeah, okay. And, defensively, offensively, he was offensively. Okay. Yeah, but there hasn't really been a lot of consistency in the front court, just because of injuries and like 
lack of money to spend on the front court. And I feel like that that is a problem. Like this team does not have cap space. Like who is the third best player on this team for you? Carmelo Anthony. And that's a problem in all honesty. That can't I mean, I would say Nurik is fully healthy, but he's not fully healthy most of the time. Even that that um that Western Conference team that was what? They they lost the Western Conference Finals. That was 2018-2019. I'm I'm looking back at that roster from top to bottom. Evan Turner, Damian Lillard, oh. Baldwin, Gary Trent, Anthony Simons was on this team. That was his rookie year. Wow. CJ McCollum, Rodney Hood, Seth Curry, Mo Harkless, Caleb Swanigan, Skylar Bissier, Alfred Camino, um, I mean, and their center um, death was Alfred, um, was Yusuf Nurkic, Myers Leonard, Ennis Cantor, and Zach Collins. That was their peak in all honesty, you know? Like six best offense, four plus defense. And, you know, certain additions that they made this year, like I really like the Rocco signing. Like I liked it a lot because he's a good two-way player. Don't like the fact that they had the they how how did they get rid of both Ronnie Hood and Gary Trent Jr. You can't get rid of both. You have to at least keep one, you know. Um, Derek Jones Jr. I like that signing, but they don't have anybody else. Like in the back, do you know that Damon Lillard is the only point guard on this roster? I thought Anthony Simons is a point guard. Shooting guard? Well, how many shooting guards do you think are on this roster, Logan? Probably like five. There's two. Oh. They only have three guards. It's only CJ and Anthony Simons. If you want to count Norman Powell as a guard, yes, because he is six three. Outside of that, and maybe Kelgin Kel- Belvin's the rookie, Who? the rookie two way contract. He doesn't really play. They this team does not have a lot of depth at the guard position. And they and, trade away two guards. Yeah. They have CJ LB. He's a six six. Power, um, small forward. Oh, um, ESPN says he's a shooting guard. He is 6'6". Six, six. He is not a shooting guard. He is 6'6", six, six, 200 pounds. He's hey, not- man, I'm just telling you what ESPN says. Well, yeah, like, I don't know. He, this team, the Trailblazers are a really weird team. I really want, they, they've, again, overachieved. Damon Lillard probably has one of the highest usage rates in the NBA. And, like, Last year, he led the league in minutes played. Think about it. There were times during that um, bubble run where he wasn't resting, you know? So, yeah, that's – he's averaging more threes than twos. I mean, that, his his three-point shot is basically his two-pointer. He's also shooting 92% from the line, which is – wow. But, yeah – that's so yeah the Blazers are just a weird team that I really hope <clears throat> can do better soon because they don't really have a choice two-year three-year maybe title window um let's go to the Timberwolves the worst franchise in the NBA they're the worst franchise in the NBA <clears throat> who would you put under them and you you're know right. you're right you're right you're right at least the Knicks have had success uh, yeah I mean uh, yeah, bro. This team has this team waste. You think the Knicks? If they had Kyle Anthony Towns, we'd 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 be a playoff team. I'm sorry. Yeah, if we had the talent that this that this Blazers team once had, I mean this this team will see once had, we would be in the NBA playoffs. But okay, so Alex Rodriguez and Mark Lore. If you, I don't, know, I know Mark Lore. He's a Walmart guy. Who's who's, who's A Rod again? 
A-Ron, I don't know. Maybe he's like a – he played that terrible sport. <laughs> Baseball guy. Played that terrible sport for that terrible team. They just bought the Timberwolves. Well, I'm not sure if it's official yet, but they're buying the Timberwolves for $1.5 billion. $1.5 billion. The, Blaze, the Timberwolves are currently 14-40, and 40, worst record in the – in the West, probably going to get another one number one pick. Um, apparently, they're going to operate under Glenn's current owner, Glenn Taylor, for 2.5 years. Glenn Taylor purchased the club back in 1994 for a whopping $90 million. That's wow. like a pay salary for most NBA players nowadays. Um, since, so 19, since 1994, so that's what? 17? 27 years. 27 years. How what has he done? Do you think they got in those 27 years playoff appearances? No, don't look, don't look, Logan. How many winning seasons do you think the Timberwolves have had in 27 years? And remember, this is a team that had superstars such as Kevin Garnett and Kevin Love. And Carl- winning seasons in 26 years. Mm-hmm. Ten. Six. So <laughs> this team has had six winning seasons since 1994, Logan. Nine playoff appearances though, so hey, whatever. But so, in, like how how recent are those playoff appearances? The last playoff appearances play, appearance that they had was under Tom Thibodeau where they went 45 and 37 with Jimmy and Butler. Were the AC and then they got promptly swept by the Warriors, probably. Probably. Um and then the last time they had it was like in 2003 or 2004 when they made the Western Conference Finals. They made the Western Conference Finals and proceeded not to make the playoffs for like 10 years. They wasted three superstars. Well, I think they're wasting Carl. Currently going to waste yeah. wasted and currently wasting. So every single superstar started with a, the letter K and one two two of them were named Kevin. So Kevin Garnett and Kevin Love both played for these franchise, this franchise and Carl Anthony Towns is currently playing. Their coaching history has been anything but swell. Tom Thibodeau coached this team. Kevin McHale coached this team. Dwayne Casey coached this team. Oh, man. Dwayne Casey just has a great track record. Flip Saunders literally died coaching this team. Um, his That's... son, Ryan Saunders, died, um, died in terms of his job coaching this team. Oh. In the NBA again, I don't think. So, yeah, this team has been... I guess, So, the Timberwolves are such a sad... Sad, sad franchise. It's so weird because um, if I don't know if you know this, but the year of the Carl Anthony Towns draft, twenty fifteen, the Knicks and the um, and the um, Timberwolves literally had both the worst records in the in the NBA. So in order to adjust their draft cards, I think there was literally a flip of a coin to adjust who like who got the extra ping pong ball and the. With the Timberwolves won and ended up getting the number one pick in Carl Anthony Towns. And we ended up getting the number four pick, I believe, in which we ended up drafting Kristaps Porzingis. I think we won in the records. But yeah, no. All right, definitely. Because Carl yeah. Anthony Towns on your current team now wouldn't make it great. I would love to see Carl Anthony Towns. I loved what that was. That was such a great year for sports. That was when the undefeated Kentucky team won the national championship and thus began the reign of Grayson Allen in the NCAA. It was a great, a great year for sports all, all around. 
Um, but yeah, so Frank Kaminsky went number eight in that draft. Love that guy. Where is he now? Phoenix or some shit? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe some- <laughs> no? oh, Emmanuel Moutier was in that draft. I think like <laughs> I don't know if Emmanuel Moutier was in that draft. I have to go. We have to go revisit some drafts, Logan. We did revisit the drafts. We revisit that draft though. I think all we- of them. I have not looked at those Google Sheets. The good a- thing for us is that the draft happens every single year. So we can just re- release the next draft and no one will ever know that we made them <laughs> a year ago. Um, but yeah, so that, I hope the Timberwolves can become something. Alex Rodriguez is a baseball guy. Mark Lore is a Walmart guy. So who knows? <laughs> Hi, no, baseball man. doesn't have a salary cap. Walmart doesn't really pay their employees. So that's like a I mean maybe a fresh fresh pair of eyes will help do the trick. Glenn Taylor, he wanted success. So sad for him. Anyway. I mean, the, the the uh the Minnesota Lynx were successful. Yeah, they have also owned them. One of the best um players in WNBA history. We needed to talk about something WNBA, but we might leave it for next. Is it jersey related? But we might leave it for next pod. But anyway, we're gonna definitely leave it for next pod. And I'm surprised you haven't I haven't seen an article about the well, you know, I was looking at that and there's also MLS jerseys that were released. And I was just like gotta look at those later. Um I have to buy one now. Right. I might have to buy a WNBA jersey. Bro, I, I looked at them and they look kind of nice. They look really nice. Um let's move on to more NBA news. Let's do some progress reports, Logan, about some players that were moved during the NBA trade deadline. And I forgot to include this buyout market people, too. Buyout um, market people. Let's look at Aaron Gordon, Logan. A trade that we both really liked. Mm-hmm. Actually paying dividends. Nuggets are 7-1 and one with Aaron Gordon. They, wow. including they won seven in a row, and then they just lost a team that I forget. But... um. They are, he is averaging 11.6 points, 4.1 rebounds, 57% from the field, and is a plus 9.3. The Nuggets are 32 point, are scoring 32, plus 32.1 points per 100 possessions, which is the best amongst their lineup with, with at least 50 minutes played. Yeah, the Nuggets are title favorites now. Nikola Jokic is a, no, not title, title favorites, but I like Title them. favorites. I wouldn't call them title favorites. I like them a lot. To come out the West, they are gaining traction, and Nikola Jokic is my MVP. So, yeah, I, I think Aaron Gordon is done pretty good for himself, right? I would agree. Um, the next player, Nikola Vucevic, you're low key underrated. I think literally top three player in terms of you, you, um, your favorite players. I don't know why you like the Nikola. I have him on my fantasy team, and I feel like it's. It goes under the radar how much you actually enjoy watching. Them. But I don't have it. Didn't they like only get recently get their first win with him? They have. It has not been like successful. I think successful it, at first. I mean, it'll take time, as all things do. Oh, but like Aaron Gordon, they were undefeated. And Nikola Vucevic, with what he brings, it feels like they haven't really improved. I think they've gone like two and five with him in the lineup. He's averaging 22.9 points, 10.3 rebounds, 3.6 assists, 52% from the field, and 41% from three. I think he's actually averaging 50, 40, 90 um, while playing with them. But that's pretty much it. 
Zach Levine scored like 50 points the other day in a loss. The Bulls have not improved, but at the same time, they're still like right in that playing area. I, yeah, I don't really know. I, I'm not too worried just because like, I don't think they give up a lot to get him. And he is also, he does have all-star. He was an all-star. He has all-star potential. So I feel like they'll make it fit. I just don't think there's well, Billy Donovan's the coach, isn't he? Yeah, Billy Donovan is the coach. I'm not gonna say he's they're not as well coached as the Nuggets, but the Nuggets have superstars, so I feel like it's easier for Aaron Gordon to fit in. Vooch is like working with all these like young, young guys. You talk about that, and I wanted, I wanted, I was thinking about this this morning. I want to make a list, or we can talk about this. If we were to rank the most tradable rosters in the NBA in terms of like how many people have trade value on that team. Like, and the ink that negates the superstars. Like if you were to look at the Lakers, I would say they have zero trade value on that team. Um, Are you sure, man? You can't trade Kyle Kuzma. No. Yeah. But something like that. But I would say the Nuggets have always, if we had to think about it in the last couple of years, the Nuggets have always been top five. In terms that, of- yeah. The Nuggets have just benefited from great drafting and uh, drafting players who people are scared to draft. Because Michael Porter Jr. fell into their lap because people were afraid of his – I think he had an injury in college. And then Bull Bull fell into their lap because people were afraid to – Larry Harris fell into his injury. Uh, Malik Beasley fell into their lap, and now he's, like, playing really well. I mean, he hasn't played – but he's a really good player. We said he was a good player. Jamal Murray was a great Nikola Jokic fell into their lap. In, in all honesty, technically, Donovan Mitchell fell into their lap. They drafted Donovan Mitchell, and then they, they traded Don- him. Yeah. They drafted Donovan Mitchell? Yes. Who did they trade him for? Trey Lyles? Oh, my God. <laughs> but oh, yeah. my God. Imagine Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell on the same team with Nikola Jokic. But uh, I think that I think the the Nuggets. Yeah, you're right. It's a different situation. The Bulls have a lot of young pieces. Laurie Markkinen maybe is good. Like I'm still call him good because he just because of what he did his first year. Even though there's been a stark decrease in value. Kobe White. Hey, he could be something soon. I don't like him. Got nice hair. But also. He's an enemy of this podcast. Not a friend of the show. Yes, not a friend of the show at all. Not at all. They still have Denzel Valentine, who Jerry's still out on him. So they, they, have, got they have Ryan Archie Diacono, who's made Devin one. Devin Vassell. Vassell? Vassell? No. No, they didn't trade him. No, Patrick Williams. Don't they have Patrick Williams? Wait. They drafted- well, maybe it's Patrick Williams. Who is Devin Vassell? No, the Spurs have Devin, Devin Vassell. They have Patrick Williams. Yeah. I like Patrick Williams a lot. They have Ryan Archie Diacono, who has made one valuable pass in his entire career. In college. <laughs> um, they have Zach Levine. They have Zach Levine, who, hey, look, as Dan Valley said on his podcast today, if he's not on the Bulls in 2023, he's going to be on the Knicks. <laughs> one of the two. Uh, they have Thomas Sadaransky, who's been okay for them. Um, a really good viable point guard since they haven't really had a viable point guard since Derek Rose. In all honesty, they have not. Where is Derek Rose? Is he on the Knicks? Oh, he's doing well for us, actually, Logan. Oh. 
Whoa. Sometimes I forget about him and I just get sad. I don't <laughs> wonder what could have been. No, I mean. I mean, I remember that one time he was for the on the Timberwolves and he almost made the All Star game. Oh my gosh, I remember he was. I forgot he was on the Timberwolves. And oh my, he was like, he was, was like, a dream. Top ten in in All Star voting on the. That fifty game. What? A fifty point game. Oh, I remember that. What a in what the a green jersey. I think that was the Prince jersey, the Prince Knights jersey. Anyway, I'm buying that shit right now. <laughs> All right, now let's move on to. Uh, I've been trying to put this off. Gary Trent Jr., Logan. I'm holding back tears. Yo, Gary Trent Jr. is averaging 18.4 points per game. Why? 45% shooting and 41% from three. Why couldn't it just be Anthony Simons? He just came off a 44 point game in which he shot. His career high. Where he shot 17 of 19 from the field and 7 of 9 from three. <sighs> He's 22 years old. And then I saw his game winner versus Washington. I was like, <laughs> it reminds me of Dame. I feel like he's good for the rebuild that the Raptors are going to inevitably inevitably go on. You mean the one that they're currently embarking on now? Are they? Do they think so? Uh, they're not even in the playoffs, are they? They're not even in their arena. <laughs> like, they have not played in Toronto. Oh, shit. I forgot about that. They're playing in Tampa Bay. Wild. Like, that's the reason. Probably like a year ago. Not that's, even. Like that's, in, that's the reason they're they're not doing well. They're not even in their home. I'm gonna put that most of the reason because this team shouldn't be doing as bad as they are. But yeah, they're gonna have to go through a rebuild soon. I don't but, think Siakam can be the best team on a, best player on a championship team. But why can't? Why couldn't we just trade Anthony Simons? In all honesty, the Raptors shouldn't have a title. Hey, don't do that. You're lucky, and you know that. Hey man, I'm just saying that Kawhi Leonard is pretty good. We're gonna rank the NBA Finals championship teams for the last. It's gonna be a list that we got to do. Uh, I'm just sad. I just, I just want, I want Gary Trent to come back. I wasn't, I wanted it. I didn't want it to be him. Well, well, let's go to Norman Powell. Norman Powell is averaging 16.3 points on 42% shooting and 38% from three. No real positive. In terms of, I think he's he's like a plus one point seven in his games played. Um, the Blazers are moving the ball most; they have the most assists when he generate the most assists when he's on the court. Um, he's playing a lot, like thirty three minutes a game. So, yeah, I don't know if there was the trade they needed. Again, I don't know what this team needs. Why did you have to get rid of both Rodney Hood and Gary Trent? Just get rid of Anthony Simons. I'm surprised. And Derek Jones Jr. or something like that. No, I'm su- no let's let's keep Derek. We need. The- I'd rather have Gary Trent. Okay, Logan. Um, you know what? I'm. Su- they also, the I they made a, a move. They signed Rondé Hollis Jefferson, which I liked. I like that move. But I'm surprised that they didn't go harder after Austin Rivers after he got released. Oh, is he on the Lakers or some shit now? Which I like, but I'm surprised they didn't go harder after him. <sighs> So just upset. I'm gonna make you even more upset. Lamarcus Aldridge. Did, did you see what I put as my note? Yes. Alexa. My comments. Alexa, no, stop. Anyway, <laughs> it's okay, Alexa. Um, cry. Lamarcus Aldridge, with um, 
Don't tell me that. I don't want to hear it. With the Brooklyn Nets. He's averaging 12.8 points per game, 4.8 rebounds, of 52% from the field. And another thing I saw that really just wowed me, he's averaging 2.2 blocks per game, which is a career high. And granted, it's a small sample size. That's crazy to see. His per 36 numbers must be great. Uh, no. Well, Nets are the worst rebounding team when he's in the lineup. But it's whatever at that point. But talk about another rebounder, Andre Drummond for the Lakers. 13 points per game, 8.0 rebounds per game. In the last two games, he's averaged 17.5 points and 11.5 rebounds. He's doing pretty well. He played really well for them on their win against the Nets the other day. But that's pretty much it. I don't – it's a good move for them. I just – I'm really – it makes me laugh to know that they they put so much time into Montrez Harrell and Marcus All only for it to really come crashing down in their face. Marcus Hall isn't really having it. He just wanted to go play in Spain, bro, and be happy. And the Lakers was like, no, just come. He he has his ring. I think he's good. Look at Pau Gasol is playing back in Spain. He's happy. And, like, what? The, the Lakers let him go, man. Honestly. Um, I don't – I want to see how Andre Drummond, <laughs> Anthony Davis, and LeBron James play together. I can't wait to see that. I can't wait to see the nightmare that is the spacing on that team, in all honesty. But let's move on, Logan. It's it's time to we're we're gonna we're gonna move on to the NFL. Your favorite thing in the world. My favorite thing in the world. Logan. I told you to rank your NFL draft 2021 instead of a mock draft, because we do a lot of those and we have to do one more. Nothing wrong with doing mock drafts. It's all speculation. Let's talk about our big board rankings our top three rankings at every position right do you want to start at qb let's start at qb all right go top to the bottom logan give me your top three right now and we'll see if i agree or if i, I have mr wait, top top to bottom or bottom to top top to bottom and number one i have trevor lawrence i want me to go through an explanation or just say oh, the name explanation logan well, I just think that Trevor Lawrence has very few weaknesses in his game, and I have said that he should be the number one pick, number one quarterback in this draft for like a year now. The only problem – I have him number one too. I agree with you on that. The only thing that will hinder his success is the team that he's going to. And all yeah, I feel like he's kind of – to me, I feel like he's kind of like Joe Burrow in the sense that he can overcome his team's dysfunctionality. I really wish they got better receivers. <laughs> I do as well. Like, at like least, I, who? I don't even know who the number one is. Is it? Is it? Is it DJ Chark? Might be DJ Chark. Yeah, if he's still on the team. But other than that, who? I. I they signed a bunch of Le- random signings. Who? Lavisca Chanel Jr. I think Lavisca Chanel can be a good option, but didn't they sign like somebody really random that doesn't didn't make sense for a rebuilding team? Yes, I forgot. It was Ohio State. They signed Carlos Hyde and they signed somebody else. I forget who it was, but yeah. Who's your number two? I have. They signed Marvin Jones. I was like, what, what the hell is this about? Marvin Jones, why? Um, anyway, my number two is Zach. Oh, Philip Dorsett. That's who it was. Sorry, I can't be distracted. But Philip Dorsett was the one I was like, what the hell? Philip Dorsett is not even good. Anyway, I have Zach Wilson number number two. I think that his 
a lot of people, I, I've, seen, I've seen a lot of people not liking Zach Wilson, but I think that a lot has to happen. We'll get into this later because from the rundown, I see that you want to talk about this later. But briefly, I want to just say it depends on where he goes. Yeah. I think his his arm talent is could be the best in this draft. Um, but the level of competition he faced, which I don't want to use as a knock against him because that very rarely has been a reason why a quarterback hasn't has not succeeded in the, the NFL because most good quarterbacks that we've seen are from small schools. Josh Allen played at Wyoming. Carson Wentz, when he was good, played at North Dakota State, which is in Division Two. Patrick Mahomes played at um, Texas Tech. And was not successful at all. Most QBs are from smaller schools, so I don't really want to use the level of competition against him as a knock, as most people are saying. I will say though that his best season was against his easiest schedule, and also that he only had one great year. I'm gonna say this though. My number two is not Zach Wilson. I I figured it wouldn't be. My number two is Justin Fields. So it's okay. My number three is Zach Wilson. My number three is Justin Fields. So I'm glad we we, we so we're both under the same terms that is, Mac Jones is not a top. No, Mac Mac Jones is not even four. Trey Lance is four. Yeah, Trey Lance. Uh, I Mac Trey Jones, Jones might even be five for me before Mac, Mac Jones. We'll talk about this later, but. I don't understand what the hype is about Zach Jones. On the Justin Fields, though, I like Justin Fields a lot because I think that he also has a pretty good arm and his athleticism is very good. But he just, he can't get, it struggles to get past his first read, which I think he can work on in the NFL if he goes to the right team. Um, but if he goes to a bad team, I think he could be a bust. That being said, Wilson Fields and Trey Lance. I like all of their upside. Yeah, you know that's the thing too. I've noticed what I've like. I've be I've been more keen to go for upside rather than flash. I like flash and upside. I like the fact that he's like what six six. You know. Yeah, yeah. Justin Fields. I understand people are talking about his reads or whatever. I think he's done more. Like the Ohio the Ohio State O line was not as good as it was the year before, and he did a lot more. His accuracy was really good. And I'm always going to go for a mobile quarterback because it just, you, there's just so much more in terms of a dimension to their game that it's, that's added, you know? And if we're going to look at the, the Ohio State wide receiver room this year, right? Chris Olave was not even the best pass catcher in that, in that, um, in that system last year, last year, especially. And I feel like last year, this he was a guy. He took, he took them. He beat Clemson. He beat Trevor Lawrence, you know. And he had a monster game too, a, like a really good game. Like I think he had as many touchdowns as incompletions. Zach Wilson is the real is the real person I'm 50-50 on only because people are talking about he only had one good year. He has, I think, he has the best arm in the draft. I like to when you succeed or you do well with average level receivers if you, with a bunch of three stars and four stars, you know, like, I'm like, I look at that. I'm like, you know what? And he, and you're talking about his decision-making. He has time. He's young, you know? Yeah. He has, he has time. 
I I would say that the I don't understand why people aren't as high on. I don't know why Fields is slipping in the draft. It doesn't make sense to me. I feel like he's still going to be good. It's just Trevor Lawrence is the only one that I can see. I'm fairly confident that wherever he goes, he will succeed. Well, if Justin Fields or Zach Wilson or Trey Lance goes to a team that isn't well run or doesn't have the team built around them, I think that it's 50-50 for me. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why Fields is slipping. Like, people are saying he's Trey Lance is better, Mac Jones is better. No, Justin Fields is very good, I think. Same. I, I, I agree with that. Um, now let's go to our running back rankings. Top, bottom, what you got? Uh, Travis at the end, number one. Um, I think the one weakness that we talked about when we wrote our article was that um, he struggled as a receiving back, but last year he was really good at receiving, so I think he's the most complete back in the draft. Then I have Najee Harris, who's a bit more physical, but he can also catch. And then I have Javante Williams from UNC, our guy. But I also I have a he can also run, I mean, catch out of the backfield. Um, but will he succeed outside of UNC system without Michael Carter, who is kind of that one-two punch? But those are my top three. I have the same top three in the different order. Oh, really? Um, Najee Harris is my number one. I like Najee Harris for a multitude of reasons. First off, the longevity. This guy has been succeeding for so long within um, Alabama's system. I like the fact that as a runner in Alabama's past heavy offense, obviously the pro style offense, but you still have like a really what Mac Jones had like 40 touchdowns this year. Mm-hmm. He's still, this is a guy who rushed for 26 touchdowns and caught four more. He had 30 um, total touchdowns, 20 last year and had eight, and has top 1500 scrimmage yards for two straight years. He's also 6'2", 230 pounds. I like the physicality of that. I like the fact that he can, he recognizes holes and he can tear through them. Um, and I like his athleticism way more than the other two. Number two, I have Javante Williams. Um, you, you brought up the fact, huh? It's the mileage, isn't it? It's not the mileage. Nessa, you, you brought up the fact that um, the one to punch within, um, within North Carolina's offense the fact that he was able to do, he had the same amount of touches. I think he had like one more touch than, um, than Michael Carter. In fact, I think Michael Carter should be maybe 3A under Etienne for me. But I think he, he did a lot more on the ground. Again, he's, Javante Williams is what, what is the measurements? 5'10", 220. Again, the physicality of that. He is a better receiver than both. 19 rushing touchdowns. He can recognize the holes. He can tear through them. And then finally, Travis Etienne. I like Travis Etienne only because, yeah, he was, you, you talked about his receiving. He couldn't, he wasn't really featured as a receiver in Clemson's offense for the first three years of his um, collegiate career. And then last year, he burst onto the scene, 588 receiving yards, less, less rushing yards, but this is still what the ACC's all time leading rusher. I, I, I don't know. He, I feels like, other guys, Najee Harris is, and Javante Williams tend to are more physical than Etienne, which is probably what is the one knock I have against them. This is very it was very close for me. Um, Likewise for me, I think I think they're all 
good. I, I still don't think that any of them, I think one of them might go in the first round, but I feel like none of them go. Najee might be the one that I say I think goes in the first round, but there might be a – I think there's a scenario where a uh, tight end does not go – I mean, a running back doesn't go in the first round. Yeah. Um, let's go to probably the most interesting category, wide receiver. Let's talk about your top three, buddy. I have Devonta Smith first. Okay. Even though he's small – and people are like, oh, yeah, okay, I'm not going to – I've seen receivers get past them being small. Um, I like his route running, um, and I like his run after catch. And I think if given the right quarterback, he could succeed. Okay. Who's I think his upside is there. Who's number two for you? I have Jamar Chase. Right. Um. The year he played with Burrow and he great route running, good hands. Physical. Physical. The only problem with him I have is that I haven't seen him in a year and I don't know how he would play with a quarterback that's not named Joe Burrow. That being said, I do think that he has a potential. I'm I was really struggling to pick between Chase and Smith. Chase could very well be number one. Um, so I could see him being the best receiver in this draft. He, I think he could be a clear number one. Devontae Smith could be either a one or a two. You know what? Even looking at it now, I think I'm going to switch it. I don't, hate. Don't, don't, don't fall into the hype, Logan. No, because I just – okay, never mind. No, I'm going to stick with my stick with what I said first. I still like Jamar Chase though, a lot. Third one is not going to – actually, you probably know because you know who, the person that I like. Okay. I have Rashad Bateman. All right, talk to me, Logan. I think his route running is probably the best. He's a good size. I think he's 6'2", 210. Can create separation. Catch radius is crazy. Catch radius. I think he could be the best receiver in this draft come the end of his career. I don't care that Jalen Waddle is there. I'm taking Rashad Bateman. And I will stand by that. I right. think he'll be the best receiver in this draft class. We're going to differ here, Logan. Oh, yeah. In the sense that there are no differences. I have it in the exact same order. Oh, woo. Devontae Smith, one. Jamar Chase, two. Rashad Bateman, three. I, on the, we've been on the Rashad Bateman hype train for, like, the last two years. I feel like he doesn't get a lot of – I was looking at draft boards, and they have – I understand Devontae Smith and Jamar Chase and Jalen Waddle even. I I don't think he is, but they have Rondell Moore and like Kadarius Tony from Florida over here. I'm like, what? Like, you no, know I like Rondell Moore though. Rondell Moore is yeah, yeah. Pro day. I think he's gonna slip only because of the injury history and nobody's seen what he's done at all. I just think Rashad Bateman is, I think, the best route runner in this draft. His ability to create separation, um, the catch radius. You said his size is pretty much an ideal wide receiver size. It, he just seems like he doesn't – I don't. I can't really find a weakness in his game. He knows what to do. He has the most yards for reception. He um, he, he led the Big Ten in 2019 yards for reception. He knows – I feel like he makes the right plays. I, He's just a good all-around talent for me. I, I, I agree with you in a sense. I think he might be the best receiver in the – not in terms of right now, but he could end up being the best prospect. Yeah, in the future. 
Devontae Smith, yeah. Literally, if it wasn't for the size, I would. It's like when I was reading that he can't, he can't bulk up wherever he's. They deem him too small, but I just think, I think he can overcome it. I believe in him. I feel as if like there's no like that much success. He was such, he burns opposing defenders, and yeah. he has the speed and he can catch very well. It's only like the separation outside of his speed. What he doesn't really have any moves. Rashad Bateman's such a good route runner. Like Rashad Bateman, kind of. If I had to pick like a NFL comparison, it would probably be he route Kenny Galladay maybe. The catch radius. Yeah, with the catch radius. In terms of the route running, though, he's he's up there though. He's up there in terms of like. I have, to, I have to think about, we have to, and maybe we'll do it in, in our mock drafts. We could do comparisons, but that's hard to do in all honesty. Um, tight ends. I feel like this is such an easy list to make, so go top top bottom. Well, clearly, I have Kyle Pitts at number one. I Look, think he's like the Evan Ingram of this draft. I feel, I was going to say, like, I feel like he's not, I wouldn't even classify him as a tight end. I would just classify him as a big wide receiver. Uh, I think he's the best pure offensive weapon in this draft. Uh, Pat is number two. Best pure tight end. Great. And he great hands too. One of the great hands, good route running, good block. Like I feel like some picks in my um in my top three people might say might generate a lot of Penn State bias, but no. Pat Frymuth is has one of the best hands in the in the um, in the draft. I honestly could not find a third tight end uh, to put in here because other than the two that I mentioned, I haven't really watched any. I saw I had did look at Brevin Jordan. I think we put him on our top ten list. He ended up being three for me. I guess I'll just go with him. But like other than the first two, like there's a dip. there's a dip. There's a yeah, there's a big dip. Um, lineman, what do you? I feel like we're gonna have the first top two, but my second one is. We're gonna differ on the second one. I third one, I mean, I for sure. So talk to me. Who's your in line? I, I have Penny Sewell, um, number one. And just the only thing is that Pac-12 competition wasn't really the isn't really known for having great pass rushers as much as other. Talk about having Parashed like that, really? How dare you? I'm, I I really do apologize to Hamel Parashed, but he's only one guy. My second guy is Rashawn Slater from Northwestern. Um, Big Ten competition against Chase Young last year. He was really good. Really good. Um, third one is where I had trouble because there's oh, what the hell's his name? shit. Christian Christian Darisaw Darisaw from Alabama. Virginia Tech. Christian. Oh, Christian Darisaw is Virginia Tech. My fault. Christian Darisaw from Virginia Tech or Elijah Vera Tucker from USC. I had a hard time picking between the two, so, but I took Vera Tucker. Um, he can play like I think he's a guard, but he can play across the entire line. As as can the other two, I think. I'm pretty. There's a lot of versatility here, but Vera Tucker can play inside. Um, so he was my guard that I chose because the other two are tackles. It was it was hard though because I like both Darisol and Vera Tucker. So I um. I had a so Slater and Sewell. I wouldn't be upset if Slater went first. I would not be upset if Slater went. It's first. a coin flip for me. 
Um, I went very, very off here. I picked Landon Dickerson out of Bama as my third pick. <laughs> right? Huh? So you had Sewell on Slater, I assume, one and two? Yeah, one two. Again, I would not be surprised if Slater was number one, though. Um, I like Landon Dickerson. First off, Richard Sr. as a lineman, I love that. I love that, right? Um, a lot of experience. A lot of experience. 6'6", 325. Oh, my. Love Love that. Um, he, he's a center. I think a lot of teams could use a center. <coughs> Packers. Um, I think that, Steelers. <laughs> um, I Chargers too. I th- no wait, they just got Corey Lindsay. Never mind. I think he's six six three twenty five. He played really well as one of the best um, as one of the best centers for Bama, and he also played as one of the best centers for. Florida State as well, 469 in both schools. So, you know, that's a plus for me. Um, I I think he might, injuries have been a problem, but like he might end up sneaking into in the first round or maybe early second to me. Defensive lineman, Logan. Okay, I'm going to ask you, I only put one here because I think this is probably one of the weakest interior defensive lineman classes. Oh, it's... You could you you could have included edge rushers too. Oh, I did. I separated the two. Okay, so tell me, tell me your, t- give me both actually. My one defensive lineman that I put is was Christian Barrymore from Alabama. Okay, that's it. I I couldn't. I, this is one of the weakest interior defensive lineman classes, re- in recent history. Uh, edge rushers, I have mystery. Our Mister our guy, Mister Gregory Rousseau. That's number one. I'm going with the boomer bust potential. Uh, 19 and a half pressures. I mean, QB hits for loss, whatever the hell the stat is. Tackles for loss. Um, the problem with him is that he's only had one year of success. Yeah, that's. And I think he needs refinement. But I think just the pure explosiveness of him is something that could translate to the NFL. Number two is Quiddy Pay from Michigan. I have nothing to say about him. Michigan man. Ugh. And then number three, I have Mr. Jason Owe from Penn State. Uh, I know it's a little high. I think he's kind of a project, but I think his explosiveness and athleticism is good enough for him to be a higher pick. It's currently blowing out the Lakers. We love to see it. Love to see it. Um, so I, it's so funny that I feel like we're on a safe lane, wavelength because it's so funny. You had four de- defensive linemen as a whole. I ranked four actually. Oh. Um, so number one, I have Quiddy Pay, Michigan man. Uh, I feel like I'm going to say that after every single Michigan player. <laughs> <laughs> you always do anyway. Donovan People Jones, the Michigan man. <laughs> Quiddy Pay, the Michigan man. So I like him. This year he didn't play really a lot, but in the four games that he played, he played really well. Four games, four tackles for loss, two sacks, 12 tackles total. I liked him a lot. Jason Always, my second, number two for me. Oh, really? I love Jason Always' game. Again, really wish he stayed one more year. Um, I was surprised he didn't. I'm surprised he didn't as well. He's been really good. He has, and you know, I feel like a lot of people because they don't see a sack on the um, stat sheet, they're like, "Oh, something's wrong." No, definitely not. Um, 
I like him a lot. He had 6.5 tackles for loss. He can stop the run so easily, which makes me very happy. Um, yeah, he's a really good player. Number three, I have Jalen Phillips. Um, I didn't have Gregory Rousseau on this list. Rousseau on this list because you like projects. I don't for defense. You know I don't. I know. I just, you know, I couldn't get past it. He was our, he was our guy. Jalen Phillips is a project, but he's, in terms of size, he was also somebody who transferred to Miami, just like Gregory Rousseau. Um, <clears throat> Quincy Rousseau. Oh, yeah, my fault, my fault. Um, Gregory Rousseau did play at Miami, though. I'm not bugging, right? Yeah. Wait, they had Jalen Phillips, Gregory Rousseau, and Quincy Rochelle on the Wait a minute. That's not, that can't be possible. <laughs> no wonder they were overranked all season. Anyway. I can give them a pass for that. Um, so I like Jalen Phillips. Um, in his 10 games this year, he had 15.5 tackles for loss, eight sacks, an interception, three pass deflections. So he's really good with his hands, like really good. Uh, also, low-key a project, but I'm, I'm okay with that because he's shown that he can do it. Number four, which I it was because I had to pick between um, both. This is also you're gonna call me biased, Logan. You're gonna call me biased, Logan, but I promise you, I'm not. What? I don't know what you're gonna say. Shaka Tony. Wow, is it because of his combine? No, not only because his combine. You watched him play this year. He was really good this year. Um, five sacks this year. Seven point five tackles for loss. 31 total tackles, a pass deflections, and a forced fumble. He knows how to come up big in big moments. Like, in all honesty, he I, I love the fact that he knows how to come up big. Um, he – also, his combine stats were just great. I don't – if you uh, – any D-line that runs a sub-4-4-40 is just – I. what are you going to do with that? Like, in all honesty, like, that's pretty big. I would not be surprised if I see Shaka Tony in the first round. Really? Yes. Uh, and now we're moving on to linebackers. If we were going to really be honest, in terms of linebackers, this is the same. It's the same situation as um, as the line defensive lineman in which, but in a sense, it's weak. But I feel like linebackers is very top heavy and then there's a dip. Do you want to go first? I do want to go first. Number one, I have Micah Parsons. Again, I am not, I am not biased. Micah Parsons is, has been the best linebacker prospect for the last two years, and it'd be foolish of anybody not to pick him. I've seen him slip all very, 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 very far down. Um, and he's really he knows how to make the good decisions. Again, I love Micah Parsons. Number two, Jeremiah Owusu Koromora, um, out of Notre Dame. Really good guy. Led Notre Dame in tackles. I liked watching him all season. He, again, not a project. His size is really good. Um, but this is where I think it dips. So you tell me your, who's your top two. Because first off, by the way, um, Owusu uh, um, Karamoa last year in 12 games, 42 solo tackles, 11 tackles for loss, only one sack, an interception, though, pass deflection, two, three pass deflections, two fumble recoveries, and three forced fumbles, and a defensive touchdown. Talk to me about who your top two is. I had the same as you. All right, that's what I thought. And then I know we're going to differ here. Talk to me, Logan. Who's your I, number? I struggled to find 
my third guy because I like Nick Bolton. We liked him when we did our article, and we liked him when we did our unreleased mock draft. Um, but I also like Xavier Collins out of Tulsa. I like Xavier Collins too. Who we also had in our unreleased mock draft. And then I don't know, is Aziz Ojulari from Georgia considered a linebacker? I think he's considered a linebacker. I didn't have him that high on mine. Um, so I'm just it's really hard for me to pick, so I'm not even gonna pick. I'm just gonna say I'll pick Nick Bolton. What? I think Nick Bolton is my three. Um he's one of the um he's a middle linebacker, I believe, and he plays it so uh, T. Um, fifty. He had fifty solo tackles, ninety-five total, hundred, hundred three last year though, two less games, eight tackles for loss, two sacks, five pass deflections, and a fumble recovery. I feel like he knows what to do in the right time. Like he just knows where to be at the right spot. And again, he played in the SEC. You know, I love linebackers that play in the SEC. He's a little undersized. He's only six foot, but. 230. So, like, I still think he has he has some size to put up, but, I mean, he really can't grow anymore. But at the same time, like, I really like his game. But, again, it dips after Jeremiah Wosu-Koromoa. Yes. Cornerbacks. I love the fact, you know, is, is Sean Wade in your cornerback list? Absolutely not. Okay. I'm so, an idiot. I, I don't think so. I the big boards today, and Sean Wade was nowhere near any the first round, and I love it. I loved it. Um. I love secondary is a spot this season going into this college football season that we really liked. So I can't wait to see who's in your cornerback rankings. Logan, talk to me. Who's, who's, who's one, two, and three for your cornerbacks? I have Caleb Farley from Virginia Tech as my number one cornerback. I think he is good size. He's good in man coverage. I think he's has really no weakness in his game. The only problem is his injury history. <laughs> he had, I think, a torn ACL. Yes. So if you want to look at that and say, hey, man, it's kind of worrying, I would agree with you. But I think other than that, he is the, probably the best cornerback talent-wise in this draft. Because I know we're going to actually differ a lot, I think I'm just going to go one, two, or I'm going to tell you who I had at if you if I have the same player with you, I'll tell you where I had them okay. because you know we're differing a lot because I feel like defensive back is a, are positions that mean you value a lot on different teams. We probably have analyzed that position more than any other position in the sport. Well, if I had to rank, they would be defensive back, wide receiver, QB, running back for us in terms of our favorite positions. Um, I have Caleb Farley three. Oh my god. Again, I like Caleb Farley, but the, the fact injuries. the injuries and then you just opted out. I'm just I don't like that, man. Let, at least let me know. At least Rondell Moore played somewhat last season. Like, let me know what you what I have in you so I can actually assess you better. Um, I feel like Virginia Tech, it would I would love I love ACC defensive backs. I love them so much, obviously. But yeah, I I think you'll see that with my with my um picks, but Logan. Who's number two for you? Patrick Sertain. Okay, talk to me about Patrick Sertain. He's, uh, he's a pretty good pretty good cornerback, uh, other than the fact that he's kind of slow. He's very slow. Um, I think he would struggle. I think he can get burnt a lot and struggle on man coverage. 
but I think that other than that, What's wrong? What's you can't go wrong with an Alabama defensive back, right? You really can't. It's really hard to. I Patrick Sertain number one for me. Um, I feel as if he's probably one of the most def, um, the disruptive defensive backs in the class. I would not be surprised if he's gone by the first fifteen picks or even ten. I would not be surprised if he's the first cornerback taken off the board. Again, Caleb Farley, the injury history is probably going to come bite to back him in the um, bite back to bite him in the butt. But right. <laughs> outside of the injuries, Caleb Farley is my number one, but he moves down to number three, and Patrick Sertain is my number one guy. Who's number three for you, Logan? I have J.C. Horn. Talk to you about J.C. Horn and why you like the guy from. South Carolina. Um, I think I he's I like his size. He's six one, two o five. Um, I think he's a bit more physical, and I think he covers well. The problem is he can't tackle very well. That's just saying that, like he is. He sucks at tackling. Uh, he's really, really bad. I don't like that, and that's 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 worrisome for my cornerback. Um, but I think that in the right system, he you can in the right system. He I think he's he's and aggressive. He's the size. He's got the size. Um, it's just his tackling is terrible. He's uh, in terms of um disrupting, like he's twenty three pass deflections over his last three years. It's pretty good. I'm not mad at that at all. But sixty nine tackles over three years is not good. He had ten solo tackles last year. I don't know if I like that. Um, and that's probably what took me away from picking him. Um, picking him in my top three. But Logan, who do you think is in my uh is is number two for me, Logan? Because that's the one spot. And uh, again, I said it. I love ACC defensive backs, Logan. And for number two, the number two cornerback prospect in this draft. Hold on. I'm going to see if I can guess. Guess him, Logan. I don't know if you Oh, can... I know who it is. Oh, yeah, you know who it is. Logan. Um, Homer. <laughs> Asante Samuel Jr., is it not? Look at the stats, Logan. Look, look, look. Break it down for me, Noah. 22 solo tackles last year. A tackle for loss, three interceptions, six pass deflections, two fumble recoveries, and a, and a forced fumble. He has the size. I mean, he does not have the size. He has the physicality. He's 5'10, but so is his dad. Um, in terms of longevity and upside, I love Asante Samuel Jr. Um, he could you he could stand to put on a couple more pounds. He's only 184. Um, he's literally the same size as me. So no, no, get out, get out. What am I doing? Right. But just because like I'm looking at his his 2019 production in which he had 49 tackles and interceptions, 14 pass deflections. I I love that. You know, so he's always making the right play. And even though he's undersized, I still think that he could be the steal of this draft or one of the steals of this draft, just like Antoine Winfield Jr. was last year. Oh. I mean, you were very, very surprised to see Antoine Winfield Jr. slip, and look how valuable he was. Speaking of that, do you know Tampa Bay brought back all their starters, man? What are, what are you doing? I don't want to talk about that. Anyway, 
let's talk about our finally our safety prospects. Logan, talk to me about your one, two, and three. I feel like we're gonna differ here too, but honestly, I don't think so. But talk to uh, me. Trayvon Morg is my first one. Uh, his physicality. Six foot two, two hundred two pounds. Um, he had twenty. No, I can't do math. Yes, I can. Twenty pass breakups in two seasons. Um, I think. I feel like he's the clear number one in most people's on most people's boards. Maybe not yours. I don't know. Uh, but I feel like he's very versatile and kind of play around the field a lot. So he's my number one. I feel like there's a kind of a drop off after number one. Is there? I don't know. I had a hard time with the safeties because the one list I was looking at had Elijah Molden as a safety, and he's not a safety. He's a defensive back. I don't even have him as my um in my top three. But in my if I have Trevon Morgan number two, I like I like what you said um with his his size. We, we were high on Trevon Morgan going into the season. We were high. Yeah, on- we had him on our list. He was number two, I believe. Number three, he was pretty high. Uh, he's, he's one of the, he can do multiple things. He can play zone. He's a hybrid guy. He can support the run. As you saw, two tackles for loss last year, two interceptions, nine pass deflections. Last year, he had a, a great year. Forced two forced fumbles, 11 pass deflections, four interceptions. He's he's a guy that could do anything on the on the field, but he's not number one for me. Who is number one for you? Man? Number one for me is Javon Holland out of Oregon, Logan. Ah, yes. He was also pretty honorless. I think he was four. Um, only because, like, in terms of a pure um, pass defender, he's been great. He took he opted out of the um, 2020 season. Um, he played really well in his first two years, um, starting as a true freshman. Five interceptions his freshman year, four interceptions his um, sophomore year. 66 tackles in his um, last season. And I think – and he took time off to um, – to prepare for the draft. I think this is somebody you, who's a safety, but you could plug in at the at any defensive back position. I really enjoyed watching him um, he, um, in 2019. And even though Oregon's defensive scheme was eh, sus, I think Javon Holland could be the best safety prospect in this draft. Who was number, number two for you? I also had Javon Holland. Number two? Yes. Oh wow! Look at look at us on the same on the same wavelength there. Um, number three though, if, if let's see, because you're right, there was a dip. So who was number three for you? Okay, number three, I went through a lot. I was like, who's it? Do I pick this guy? Or pick this guy? Um, we had I looked at our list a lot for this. Um, we had Richie Grant, who I saw was rated pretty highly. Um, Jamar Johnson from Indiana, kind of played. Was really played well last year. Um, you had our Darius Washington, Trayvon Morgs, opposite Trayvon Morg at TCU. Uh, but I picked Andre Cisco out of Syracuse. Andre Cisco out of Syracuse. He was Even the- though he is a very boomer bust, he is because he did what he what he did tear his ACL. Uh, but in twenty four games, he has thirteen picks. 13 pass breakups. He has four, three speed. Um, I think he's he's very aggressive, um, but he does sometimes go in a little too hot and he misses the ball carrier a lot. So 
Um, and sometimes he's coming out of position, but I do like his upside. And he was our number two safety last when we did our ranking. And yes, I know a lot can change in a year, but I think that his upside is there. Well, you want to talk about upside again? You know me, I love me my defensive backs. Are you going to say Colby Harvey Peel? I could be Kobe Harvey Peel. I haven't heard his name in a hot minute. Is he even like around? Hamza Nazrul Dean. I knew you were going to take him. <laughs> Damn but, it. I knew it. I knew it. It was between him and Richard LeCount the third. Um, yes. Hamza, again, such a good tackler. So, so good. Positionless, primarily a safety, but can play the defensive back position. 101 tackles in 2019. I think injury stopped his to end of his 2020 season, but. He could play defense. He could play um, in terms of disrupting the pass. He had three forced fumbles, three pass deflections, a fumble recovery, a defensive touchdown, two interceptions, 101 tackles, Logan. 101 tackles. It's a lot of tackles. It's a lot of tackles, Logan. So, and we're not talking offensive line. So, you better believe that this guy has a lot of upside. Again, injuries could slow him down, but I like comes a natural team. And then a close 3A, maybe Richard LeCount the third. I don't know, man. I think Andre Cisco was, was our guy. Andre Cisco, come on, my ACC defensive backs. Um, yeah. So those are our big board. I, I love that we kind of had the same players. A couple, only a couple differences, but we agree with the same things. I can't wait to do the mock draft and see. No how. Ohio State players. No Ohio State players at all. Sorry, buddies. Logan, you want to talk about some um some worst t- some hot takes? Love hot takes. Love reacting hot takes, how dumb they are sometimes. So um, I'm obviously going to tag the Twitter people later, but I forgot to add their things here. So I guess we'll tag you in a tweet or something. So first hot take. First hot take. And Devontae Smith will be very average NFL players. Uh, So... I can agree with Mac Jones. I can agree with that as well. I think that he is one of those guys that everything needs to be perfect for him to succeed, uh, very much along the same lines as Mr. Dak Prescott, in my opinion. And Jimmy Garoppolo, if you want to really compare somebody who he's probably going to, he could replace, which I don't think he should. Um, I have a very hard time seeing him being a starting quarterback in the NFL, though. I think he'll most likely be a, a backup. A pretty average backup at best. Tavante Smith, I talked about earlier. I disagree with that. I think he has more upside than Mac Jones. Uh, again, his size we talked about is worrying, but his route running, his ability to create separation, his run after catch, I think can make up for his lack of size. And I, his, I mean, ceiling, number one receiver. Floor, I think a good number two. I don't think he's going to be average. I think he's going to be at least close to Pro Bowl level. I love how you said he's the worst in his, um, the worst thing he could be is a, uh, a number two. And I, I agree with you in that. I like his, uh, in terms of height, I like it. In terms of his catching, I like it. Mac Jones is a player that I feel like a team that ha- is succeeding now should draft. Uh, a team with a good O-line. And above average wide receivers, and like everything going right for the franchise. Not number three. Do not waste the uh, the number three pick on it. I don't even. I, I don't get it. He's not. He's not nothing, nothing special. 
And I'm that's why he's average. I'm gonna say this right now, and I, I don't mean to hate on Mac Jones, you know. I do. So many pl- I can name if Sean Clifford was injected into that um that Alabama offense, he would succeed. You have an O-line that's literally the best in the country. Huh? He would still run in, he would still run on for he would still run if one guy like almost got past, he'd be like, Oh, I gotta run. In all honesty, his his arm was okay, decent at best. He does not know how to improvise at all. Like in all honesty, he never left the pocket. He was efficient, you're right, but it's Alabama receivers in the best O-line. Like he barely got touched. I think he was and Najee Harris. And Najee Harris, you can hand the ball off to Najee Harris at any time. Like it whatever. Um Devontae Smith, I don't agree with you. He's gonna be great. Next, Hawkinson is a better tight end than Pitts is. Um I f- okay, so I feel like this is a thing that's too soon to tell. I mean, I think Hawkins- we did we did say earlier that we don't really see Kyle Pitts. I don't see Kyle Pitts as a tight end. I see him as a glorified wide receiver. He's basically just a a big receiver. Um, so I guess in that sense, I would say Hawkinson is better. I want to see what Pitts does in the NFL. Um, also, Hawkinson is really young, and he had a breakout year last yeah, year. Yeah, and if you think about it, um, I think they brought in Anthony Lynn to be their offensive coordinator. Who He, he worked with Hunter Henry in San Diego. <laughs> Los Angeles. Oh, my God. Los Angeles. And also, Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones Jr. have both left. So, TJ Hawkinson could very well be the number one target here. I would not be surprised. For Jared Goff. So, I would I, I could see this being a breakout year for him. Um, but they both have very high upside. They do, and again, over oversized, oversized wide receiver. You have people comparing him to freaking Calvin Johnson, and this guy's a tight end. Like the, people, I think people understand that he's not like your typical, um, your typical wide receiver, um, tight end prospect, right? Um, so yeah, I agree with you in terms of it's too early to tell. But Hawkinson is a, a better tight end, maybe. Saquon is the most overrated running back in the NFL. See, it is. I think I don't like this because it's it's not fair. Because if you look back at, I I have someone who I think is more overrated, which I'll talk about after I finish with Saquon. But if you look back at Saquon and what he's done, taking out the year he was injured, um. He has 3,469 total scrimmage yards and 23 touchdowns in two seasons. That He's had 1,000 yards. Giants offensive line. Behind, yeah, exactly. So I wouldn't say he's overrated. Um, he's talent-wise, he's great. I feel like a lot of people do personally overrate him, especially like <clears throat> Penn State fans. <clears throat> um, but – Like, and honestly, how could you not – like – Saquon is probably top 10 most exciting college football players of all time. Right. Um, right now, I don't think he's a top five running back in the NFL just because of the injury and some people just going above him. But if he can come back and be healthy and like get right back to where he was, no, he's not overrated. Um, until he gets paid and starts to not play well, he's not overrated. Speaking oh. of getting paid and not playing well, I think Ezekiel Elliott is the most overrated running back in the NFL. I agree with you. Uh, um, 
got paid is making the second most for a running back, I think. He might be the highest or the highest paid running back. Um, last season he was complete garbage. Um, never been a great, the greatest receiving back. I mean, he has receiving ability, but last year especially, he really wasn't the greatest. Um, the Cowboys offensive line that was there in his rookie season is gone. He no longer has Travis Frederick, Terrence Smith, and Zach Martin. Oh, he didn't say Zach Martin still there, but. He no longer has Travis Frederick and that good offensive line to run behind anymore. Um, and you can see last year he really struggled. Um, I think that I would say Zeke is more overrated just because of his contract and his inability last season to live up to it. I would say give him another year or two. If But if he doesn't, if next year he struggles, he's by far the most overrated running back in the NFL. Um, are you talking about Zeke or Zeke? Saquon, I no. I I feel like it's so early. Like it's not. It he's only played for two seasons, three seasons technically, but two full seasons. Not even full seasons. He's played twenty nine games. He he's played sixteen his first year, thirteen his okay, yeah. So about twenty nine games, thirty games. It's so unfair to call him overrated only because like, I feel like he rushed a couple injuries. Given what he's been taking, what, taking what, what he's been given, I think he's doing fine. I could think of a lot more overrated running back. I think it's hard to be an overrating running back, overrated running back nowadays in the NFL, and yet Zeke does it so well. Um, I think it's hard to be overrated, for like, especially the younger guys, is because they haven't been paid yet. There aren't – there's no, like – Oh, he's making what seven? What's the what's the running back? Sorry, 13, 14. And but even then, even then, even you're talking about the ones, even the ones that have been paid outside of maybe um out Zeke, outside of Zeke, think about the ones that have been paid. Alvin Kamara got paid. He's still pretty damn good. He and lives up to the contract. Christian McCaffrey got paid. McCaffrey, even when he's not injured, he's done so good. Derek put up 2K. Dallas doing well. Outside of maybe Todd Gurley, but injuries you could say there too. Injuries. Um, Le'Veon Bell, definitely overrated. Yeah, I mean, injuries for that too. Okay. Just terrible offensive line. Hey, I see him back there. Um, But yeah, it's really hard. It's hard to be an overrated running back in in the NFL. But yet, Zeke... He does it so well. He does it so well. Um, next, Josh Allen could be the best quarterback in the league next year, but you can certainly debate he already is, and I'm, I'm aware we're talking above Mahomes, above Rodgers, et cetera. I am so on the Josh Allen hype train. It's not. Oh, even- me too. He is not the best in the NFL. Quite yet. No, no, no. Of course not. I think. I Not over Patrick, not over. Aaron Rodgers, but he's still breathing. He won't be. But I really like Josh Allen. If there's no reason to say that he's not, he couldn't win the MVP next year. There's no reason. I mean, Diggs Diggs is great. They added Emmanuel Sanders. They he might have a better season than Patrick Mahomes. I he the the progression he made from last year to this year was tremendous. So who's to say he can't do it again? 
And he even think about it, what he did this year. He had 37 passing touchdowns on only 10 interceptions. Um, in terms of running the ball, he's running it way better. He ran – how many um, rushing yards did he have this year? I have to look. But even his accuracy just went up. It skyrocketed. So – and I think that's probably what has been the um, – the showing of his success. He went from 58% accuracy to um, almost 70%. And I think that's what people have to look at and be like, okay, yeah, this guy is actually really good. And look at the receiving core that you gave him. He's, I think he might have the potential to be really good next year. His, his mobility also makes him a threat no matter what. But yeah, I agree with that. Next, only two QB prospects from the 2021 class will end up being better than Sam Darnold. Carolina is about to put the league on notice, and the Jets will continue to expose how poor their front office is. Darnold is going to take an enormous leap. Um, I wrote down here that I say that I would only say one quarterback prospect that could be better than Sam Darnold. T-Law, well, that goes into our next hot take, but it's T-Law, honestly, for in terms of better than Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold has the NFL experience. Sam Darnold has experienced the worst of the NFL. It's only up from here. In all honesty, it's only up from here. I I, I agree. I think... Legitimate weapons to throw to now. A competent head coach, a competent front office, a great offensive coordinator. Am I going to say this now? The Panthers, I feel like, are also having a very under-the-radar offseason in which... We'll see after the, the draft is going to make or break their offseason. But the fact that everyone was talking about them trading Teddy Bridgewater and potentially getting a new QB in the draft and they solved their QB issues, you know what you could get? In the, and they didn't have to give up a first-round pick. You give up a second-rounder. I think they already have another second-rounder. But do you know what you can get for uh, – what defensive-type player you can get for a defensive rebound, a rebuild at with the number eight pick? The fact that they still have that number eight pick – and I know you're not going to get a first rounder for Sam, but that's still a QB. You have literally gotten yourself a QB. You know? I think Carolina's having a very, very, very underrated offseason. The only thing about this hot take that I don't, I'm not going to put my chips into yet is he said that the Jets will continue to expose how poor their front office is. Joe Douglas has not made any terrible moves yet, as of yet. Went to the draft. Went to the draft. They have a lot of picks and a lot of draft capital. They have two first round picks. One of them might be Zach Wilson. Should be. I'm getting higher on Justin Fields every day, and I, I'm worried about that. One of them might be Zach Wilson. I don't know how Zach Wilson will be, and I'll go into our next uh, hot take. Zach Wilson is a one year wonder and will be a bust in the NFL. Was he a wonder though? I mean, he was top three. Three and what was it? Three. Top three in passing um, in the NCAA. I don't know about one-year wonder, though. This isn't – you can't call him a one-year wonder. This is, Joe Burrow had had 60 touchdowns in one year. Well, maybe he means a one-year wonder in, like, the NFL. No, well, and one-year wonder in terms of, like, his uh, – In college, in terms of college. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm not calling him a bust. Of all the – of all the QBs that are potentially going to be taken in the first round, I'm not going to call Zach Wilson the bust. Um, here's why I said it earlier, kind of, but I just think it really depends on what team he goes to. If he can sit, be around a good team that like has a good team around him, I think he could work. 
if he goes to a team that doesn't have a lot around him or is not well run, he's not going to do well. It's as simple as that. And I think that'd be for, I would say that for anyone. I really am. Um, the QB mentor goes underrated in the NFL nowadays. If he goes to the Jets, who's the second QB on that roster? Trevor Simeon? I don't even think he's there anymore. No, I don't think he's there. Joe Flacco's certainly not there, but Joe Flacco definitely has shown in the last couple of days that he does not want to be a QB mentor for anybody. Teron Taylor can come in. No, he's in Houston. Oh, God. He's finally going to get to start. I don't know. But, yeah, those are our hot takes. Thank you, the people, for putting them on Twitter, honestly. We're going to do more of hot takes. We love looking at Twitter and seeing dumb takes, good takes, takes that we agree with. Um, now let's talk about something else. Uh, not a hot take necessarily, but something hot nonetheless. Logan, I know you've, you've seen it recently. Not you, not you. <laughs> I was going to say, Noah, you're fighting me. <laughs> but, um, Logan, let's talk about something we're doing we're doing for overtime conversation so please vote you're gonna have to later we're gonna have to go over the voting so we can um tally it but logan our worst fan base in american sports tournament has started yes it's, it's actually going really well <laughs> yeah you didn't expect a lot of uh, turnout uh, uh. anyway i didn't know you were allowed to vote on my poll oh yeah <laughs> I, I voted on yours thank you for doing that so we're looking at Let's go through the seasons real quick. You have the Philly Eagles fan base against the Patriots, the Duke basketball against the Texas A&M football fan base, the Boston Red Sox against the Warriors fan base, the Ohio State football team against the New York Jets fan base, the Yankees against the Sixers, Texas football against Indiana basketball, Cowboys against Chicago Cubs, and the Lakers against Penn State football. You like how I included Penn State football in there, aren't don't you? Uh, to be honest with you, you know, I'm, I'm kind of pulling for Penn State football to win. <laughs> to win? To to. Beat the Lakers. Wait, do you don't Let's be the the worst fan base? Okay, so any are there any blowouts you think that are gonna happen here? Um, well, I just looked at the results. At the um, the Cowboys look like they're running away with it. The Eagles uncertain, uncertain, on certain things they are, but on your poll they are not running away with it. Which I'm, that's bias because we I have a lot a high. Pennsylvania fan base. Um, Texas football, I think, is doing really well. Uh, Ohio State football is crushing the Jets, I believe. Duke is um, running away with it, which who? makes who Duke basketball is running away with it in my in my poll. Um, Let's see. I, I'll run down with some what I got so far. Uh, I won't give it away all of it, but we got the Yankees are pretty comfortably winning. Duke is pretty comfortably winning. Um, Cowboys, Ohio State, the Red Sox and the Warriors. I've seen is a is a is a close one. That might be a close one. Ohio State, the Lakers, Texas, Indiana. Texas is overwhelming. Cowboys overwhelming. Lakers are currently on my poll. Penn State is currently beating the Lakers. That's it's opposite of my poll, but we're gonna. I think Twitter is gonna be the um, definitely. The, yeah, Twitter is. I um, may have persuaded some people that I'm fairly close to to pick Penn State. Oh, I know. I saw it. Sorry. I saw it. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Oh, my. Wow. So let me talk about something. The fact wow, that. Wow. I feel I actually kind of feel betrayed. To be honest. <laughs> this... Not really, because I want Penn State. Because on your poll, I voted for Penn State. 
Oh, wow. Good job. That's right. I just exposed myself. Oh, the 60, if we're going to look it up, let's look at the, do you have the bracket in front of you? Yeah, I, I just did. If there's an upset you see happening, what would it be? In terms of upsets I would see happening, um, I could see the Warriors being the Red Sox because that one's pretty close. And now, well, let's take it away from our poll because I'm thinking the poll uh, for us, the Eagles, both my poll and your poll, I believe the Eagles are losing to the Patriots. I uh, think Eagles are beating the Patriots in my poll, but just by a bit. And on Twitter, though, it's no way. There's on Twitter, Twitter it's overwhelmingly. I saw, I saw somebody quote tweeted it and, and said something about the Eagles um, on Twitter. So voting ends tomorrow night, Logan. I really um, hope it's football is. I mean, on Instagram, Instagram voting ends tomorrow morning, but we're going to... Well, whenever my my story expires is when it ends. So we're going to actually count the votes from Instagram tonight only because um, I don't know if Instagram saves the um, results. So wow, yeah. But Twitter is probably going to be the tiebreaker. If I had to see one winning uh, upset... I would not be surprised if the Warriors upset the Red Sox. Thirteen no. seed upset there. Any any picks for a win? I'm surprised the Yankees are comfortably winning in this one. I feel like Yankees fans are just so like fooling themselves that it's kind of the 76ers fans are just kind of like just chilling. Um, it would be really fun to see Ohio State football fans. I was not expecting the total hate of them and same with duke duke has been running away in my in my in terms of my poll jets are just just depressed huh jets fans are just depressed yeah i agree i'm surprised nobody hates texas am i the only one who hates texas a&m i think they're overrated i don't know if i hate them as much i i I love jimbo but like i just think that they're i don't really hate them you just you just don't like them because they start. I don't like them because they say, they say SEC, SEC, but they've done nothing in the SEC since they've been there. Um, I would love to see if, if you had to pick a winner right now, who would you like to pick for to be the worst fan base? Uh, the Eagles. If the Eagles don't win, I might have to override the entire thing. <laughs> the thing is, it's our, it's only us, it's only our um our our people that might not pick the Eagles. Imagine know, because we have I won't say any names. <clears throat> Just kidding, Byron. <clears throat> um, people that think the Eagles are great, even though they've shown that they're terrible. Well, nobody wants the Eagles to be. If yeah, I'm looking at the Twitter right now. It looks like certain things. Wow, Red Sox and Warriors are really. Close. I know they are really close. I think the only people that are gonna vote for the Patriots are the Eagles fans. Yeah, I would say that too. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at that. Twitter is a very different story when it comes to the Eagles fan. Twitter has no affiliation with us. So, yeah. Actually, okay. Please stay tuned to Overtime Conversations and Sixer Sports for the rest of the bracket. Voting ends on Wednesday, and the quarterfinals will begin to see what the worst fan base in the um, in sports in American game. sports is. Sports, yes. I was thinking whether or not to do what's our next bracket, if it should be the best fan base in sports. Well, I'm like, talking shit. Yeah. People like controversy. No. We could do the best sports moment, the best sports calls. I was thinking the best sports calls or best sports moment or most memorable moment in sports. We can do that. Like, if I, one seed, I would say LeBron Block. 
I'm thinking because I was saying I only want to do four. The way I did it, I don't know if you saw the document in which I picked the seeds. I picked top four from each sport and then a couple honorable mentions. And I like Knicks fans almost made this bracket, but I was like, Game Dollars buzzer beater over Paul George in game seven of the. It was game five, but okay. Five of the whatever the first round. First round. That is my number one seed. I like it. Santonio Holmes catching the back of the end zone. I'm not putting that on there. Excuse me? So many NFL moments. I don't think that, that goes. That deserves to be on there. Um, Since 2010. Oh, okay. Sure. Why not just say, screw you, man. Stay tuned to Overtime Conversations. It's going to be way more. Yeah, I'm glad we have a lot of this interaction. I thought I was going to get it. I was like, damn, okay. Okay. <laughs> I really went out with the Eagles. I'm like, dang, who hurt Maybe y'all? Maybe we should, like, not do sports things. Maybe we should just do other things, too. Like, branch out a little bit. This was this is what I said when I said I'm going Barstool, but not Barstool, because fucking We can Barstool. do, like, Marvel movies. No, I, um, we could, actually. Oh, that'd be fun. No, I actually, um, I I was looking to apply to a Barstool position last night. Oh, God, you disgust me. Anyway, Logan, you have uh, Space Jam written down, and you wrote that down into the rundown, so I guess you want to talk about it. So talk. I, to I was just going to ask you if you watched the trailer. I did watch the trailer just, like, for a little bit. I love how um, LeBron James was building his super team in the trailer. Um, it was just Warner Brothers, like, King Kong, I think. Got him with the Iron Giant, bro. God, Godzilla was there, I'm pretty sure. Iron Giant. I was like, okay, LeBron. Listen, I I get it. You have to have a stacked roster all the time. Uh, Damon Lillard's in it. I love it. Team Dollar. Anthony Davis looking like a creepy ass basketball player. Uh, but hey, man, I don't know. Um, I'm stuck this summer. Yeah, Space Jam. I don't know if I wanted another Space Jam. I don't think it's gonna be as big. I mean, it is LeBron James. Uh, okay. Nothing's coming out. People need movies. It's going to be free. If you have HBO Max, it's free. You know what? Which I do. So I'll be watching it. Overtime conversation, we could, we could, uh, we could, uh, like, you know, expand or some shit. I don't know, man. We could. Best sports movies. Can you think of 16 sports movies? Yes. 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 I think we could. You want that? It could be, that could be the next. That would be great. We should do that. And well, we can wait for Space Jam in the lead up to Space Jam. I could, I'll write that. You write that down, Logan. This summer, we're gonna be busy. You already know our summers are overtime conversations is about to turn not one year old, it's about to turn one year since it's we, new ownership. Yeah, since new ownership took over, you know, it's, it's whatever, no, no big deal at all. But uh, we could, yeah, you know what? Yeah, we'll figure it out. Let's do it. This bracket's not even done, so we'll figure it out after. Hey, we can just think of all these as we go along, man. I just thought about it. I didn't even check the um, – I was looking at our polls. I forgot I, I had posted this on Overtime Conversation. Yeah, I saw a couple of repeat voters, though. Should we count those? Yeah, we got we to gotta count those. I love how – okay. Red Sox and Warriors should not be this close. I'm actually, I feel some type of way now. Maybe you you interceded the Warriors. I don't think I did. 
I don't think the there's not a lot of terrible. Um, there's not a lot of terrible. Are the the Eagles and the Patriots should not be this close. You don't think so? No, that like the, the Eagles literally made fun of a kid. Well, they literally harassed a kid who had cancer online. Uh, I'm telling you right now, on overtime conversations, the Eagles are actually winning, which is surprising. Why? I don't want the Lakers to win. I want Penn State to win. Logan. And lose. And lose. Penn State has Penn State's fans are hot and cold, bro. They can. All right, have, I'm going on to my account and voting for Penn State on overtime conversations too. All right, Logan. All, all I can it's it's the least I can do. Logan, just plug us out and call it a day. I told Yana to vote for um Penn State. She listened to me. Plug it and let's call it a day. All right. If you like what you heard, we could um votes tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. Okay. What? Tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. Do you think we can count the votes? I, I can't. I have work. When you wake up, bro. You think I'm? I literally get up at seven in the morning, six in the morning, and leave by six twenty. I don't have time to count votes. Okay. 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 Whatever. Continue. Continue. When did I put my poll up? No, nah, don't. No, we'll do it tonight. We'll do it tonight for Instagram. Tonight. And if any stragglers come through tomorrow morning, we'll just add them. <clears throat> if you like what you heard tonight, today, anytime you've been listening to this podcast, uh, find us on all the DSPs, uh, the Stick to Sports Podcast, Stick to Sports Network on YouTube, at Stick to Sports on Twitter, and the Stick to Sports Pod on Instagram. If you want to watch us play video games, you can find us on Twitch and stick the, the Stick to Sports Network. We are live Tuesdays and Thursdays at 5. Tomorrow we will be, or today, technically, when you're listening to this, we will be playing Fortnite, which we haven't played in like three weeks. In a while. No, it probably still sucks. So do I, probably. Um, if you want to read articles about the MLB, the draft, NBA, any other sports? Not a lot of other sports. Uh, NFL. Any of those sports, uh, you can find us at overtimeconversations.com, at Overtime Combos on Twitter. There's only two places. Um, subscribe, not subscribe. Donate, subscribe. Both. To the Patreon, Stick to Sports Plus and Overtime Conversations Plus. We would appreciate anything you'd be willing to give us did you get in contact with that that guy who won the marsh madness thing i did actually yeah yeah oh, great great anyway congratulations zach condy yes that we wanted him to win just purely based off off the name uh yes um follow us on tiktok stick to sports um go vote on the poll if you haven't and you're listening you can find it on my instagram logan borky noah's instagram no ODH. Or the overtime conversations over at overtime combos on Twitter. Um are they, is it on Six Sports? No. Um follow our personal Twitters at Logan Borky and at Noah underscore Deesh. And I think that's it. Thank you for listening. Jersey I should get. I have a hard time deciding. Just uh, if you know me, DM me. If you don't know me, message us on Twitter or comment under this episode 
on Twitter. Please, I have a really hard time deciding. I know you do, Logan. It's okay. Anything uh, but Russell Westbrook. Thank you for listening to the Six Sports Podcast. This has been the Six Sports Podcast, where our opinions are the only ones that matter. It was Logan. It was Noah. Apparently, Logan hates Penn State football, but it's okay. So much. It's the Six Sports Podcast with Noah and Logan.